0: Welcome back to the Tour on the Music podcast.
1: Welcome to Season 2,
0: Episode 1. CJ's here, in person this time.
1: Welcome, I CJ. am in person. I can see Kyle... Directly in front of me. Yes. And not through a video camera.
0: So the downside to that is he can see my ugly face and not my like filtered face through my Snapchat filter. Yeah. No, not much difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awful either way. <laughs> so you've been here for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. How's Ohio treating you?
1: How Ohio is um, very interesting in a good way. Mm-hmm uh we've gone to some really cool locations and um i'm i'm enjoying those locations are not sponsored those not sponsored those locations yeah. but uh it's fun it was it was cool the flight was good came in it's nice to be here nice to be able like, to hang out for the weekend cool get some things done
0: yeah Come up. yeah so we've been working on the podcast we've been doing some live streaming we have been getting things ready for season two and we're starting with season two but before we
1: do that are you listening to anything I am I you know not you know I know we're going to get into conversation about this particular artist but I've been listening to a lot of Victor Wooten lately mm-hmm. um some Lic- Nickel Creek mm-hmm. which as after this pa- this episode launches we had the pleasure of listening to their first um uh, release in a few years so that's nice to be able to be able to start listening to them again and getting to their new stuff yeah. and that's about it. Not much outside of that. Maybe some audiobook stuff because mm-hmm. we are focusing on books a little bit. Right.
0: And just so you all know, we're recording this on a Saturday. This Sunday, we're actually going to go live to listen to that Nickel Creek. So if you're not following us on Twitch, um, the link will be in the show notes. It's twitch.tv slash turn on the music too We do go live every Friday and Sunday and sometimes on Wednesday in the future. Uh, we have been going live every Wednesday, but in the future, it'll be just um, – sporadically but definitely Fridays and Sundays so make sure you're following us because we will do be, be doing more live streams in the future
1: yes Sundays 730 Fridays 8pm 8 8 PM. Yep. and there's a lot of other things going on we have uh, YouTube now Yep. Uh, which we've shared through the live so we'd like to share here so we have a YouTube channel check that out mm-hmm. please follow us there and again we have our socials on Instagram and Twitter which we'll give at the end of the episode so don't worry about that just yeah, yet absolutely and what, so what are you listening to? Um, the,
0: the album that I've been listening to a ton is the Punch Brothers' uh, Hell on Church Street Blues. I've been listening to that one almost every day for like the last month or so. Right. And Just, we and we did play that last right. night on our live stream. So, Right. Yeah. It's a great album. It's um, originally um, performed by Tony Rice, who was a bluegrass legend that passed, I think, two years ago, maybe a year ago now. Yeah. Um, but they did it for him as a dedication to him and wanted to present it to him, but he passed before they finished the album, so he never got to hear it. But it's a great album, um, one worth checking out.
1: Very nice. Yep. What was the name of it? Hell on Church Street Blues. Hell on Church Street Blues. Yes. So, yeah, that was actually that was the first time I listened to it when we went live uh, this past Friday, and... It was a, it's a great album. It was, a, it was very nice and I know some of our listeners were um, very much into it and, and all that stuff so it's it very cool great. that we uh, we were able to do that yep. especially we did that together live.
0: Yeah yeah for sure. So so what are we doing? So season two is going to be the season of Wooten. So we're going to be doing Victor Wooten's um, first book, The Music Lesson. I'm holding it up just like you can see it because you can't. I'm so used to doing this on Twitch. Um, but yeah, so this is, we, we kind of joked that this has kind of become my Bible um, recently. Um, I refer to it a lot. I've recommended it a lot. and um, Definitely bought copies for people I have, as well. Yeah, I, I actually keep four or five on hand at all times. I'm actually running low. I think I've only got one left. So I've got to buy one
1: or two so I can give them more. It's not a bad home. idea. Yeah, I've i bought them and sent them, but I've never had a few on hand. Maybe I'll yeah. do the same thing.
0: Yeah, so I always I always try to keep a couple on hand. I think I've got one left. So, and then we're going to go through chapter by chapter, talk about this uh, book because we think it's worth it, and there's a lot of really great stuff in here,
1: um, and just stuff that's I think worth sharing and learning about. So, yes, I agree. So. The, the first book is The Music Lesson. Then we go into uh, The Spirit of Music, which is the second book. So the most of our episodes are going to be focused on this. Right. Um, but we're taking elements out of each chapter that we feel are um, important elements. Mm-hmm. And we both have read the book. We don't know who's what elements that we've chosen for each chapter, right? So it'll be very interesting, even for us, as we go through this process, Mm -hmm. to see what I share versus what Kyle shares and all that stuff, and that's exciting too because he may take stuff out that I didn't, and I may have taken stuff out that you didn't. I think we're going to be pretty aligned with some of it, but it's going to be very interesting to see what we do. Yep. So, so shall we begin? We We should, and you you totally brought up, and I didn't even think about it. There's two parts before the first chapter which they call measures mm-hmm. and Kyle brought up the fact that there is a grace note mm-hmm. and then after the grace note there's a thing called the beginning which is a, actually the prelude yep. which leads into measure one which is chapter one so I'm going to let Kyle take it from here because that was all on him <laughs> <laughs> so the, the premise of the book
0: for if you haven't read it yet the this is the spiritual and musical journey of Victor Wooten, um, and there's there's different aspects or, or different beliefs of how this all came about. Um, in fact, in the beginning, he said what he says something like, some of this book is true, but don't try to figure out what's true, or is that? Here, everything in this book may be all wrong, but if so, it's all right. Um, and then at one point, he says, you know, don't try to figure out what's actually true and what's not true. Because it's all true, but not true at the same time. Truth. What is truth? And by the way, if I always tell you the truth, you might start to believe me. Um, and the main character in this book is a man by the name of Michael. Um, and this is based on the life story of Michael Kotz, who is a, a friend of Victor Wooten's and a fabulous cello player. He's There's a video of him on YouTube playing cello on a skateboard, which I will find in, if it's still out there. And I will link to you in the, sh- in the show description. or um, well, the show notes. Um but there's a lot of really great quotes that, that are in this book that I think are, are worth um, discussing. And I think the, the right on page one, I mean, the, the first two quotes that I've underlined are, you are, already, you are already successful. The rest of the world doesn't know it yet. You are already musical. You just don't know it yet. Um, so they talk about, you know, I mean, and I think this is, this is a great point. Both of these lines are great. You know, so much of, at least for me, this book is has been a way for me to i don't know get away from my negative brain and this first line that you're already successful the world doesn't know it yet you know my brain tells me that i'm not successful you know every day that's what i go through um and hearing something like that you know that it's not just me it's like the whole world doesn't know that i'm successful yet which is kind of cool but the fact that, like, you, you were already musical, and I, I think that, that we've talked about this a lot, how music is all around us and everything we do is is music. It right. produces some sort of a sound
1: or rhythm
0: or something. There's something about everything that we
1: do. There's something musical about it. Absolutely. I, there is, you know, anything that we come across produces something that aligns to the rhythm of the day. Mm-hmm um it could be as funny as i was walking through home depot with my friend and the cart had this weird rhythm rhythm to the wheels mm-hmm. i was like Do you hear that rhythm and it was like and i was sitting here going i'm like and it's just prior to that i would notice it but i didn't think too much of it and then reading the book again because it's the second time i'm reading it mm-hmm. i'm like it really is true, yep. and and I was more aware of what was happening around. And even with the wind blowing, I mean, today as we record, it's crazy windy outside, yep. and there's a rhythm to it. There's yeah. there's there's a rhythm to the way the the wind blows, and the trees bend, and and the different things within the wind and the way they move. It's just there's something fluid to it, mm-hmm. and it is. I think. Um, and I, I think what you said, I agree. I, I find myself every day stating whether I'm successful or not. And I always feel that I'm not. And it, it's a tough thing to do to remind yourself that you got this and you can do this. And right. this is a very good quote for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, and then going, I mean, the next one, next quote that I have here is, um, it says, like one hand clapping, a one, a one-sided relationship never works. And what he's talking about here is, there is a relationship between you and music. And I think that's something that we've been trying to, I guess, instill on in the podcast, you know, because we've, we've talked about, you know, how and this comes up in the second book a lot, that we don't share music as much as we used to. We were, you know, the, the great thing about the iPod that came out, what, in 2002? Early, yeah. Um, it, it gave us the ability to bring music with us. But it also made listening to music a solo action, right? You know, it was put your headphones in, grab whatever music you want. But back in the day, I mean, we've talked about it this weekend, and we've done it. You know, we just put you know records on and just listen to them. But that was the thing that we did. We would all kind of gather around together and listen to music. I remember when We Are the World came out. I remember listening to the heck out of that thing. Oh my yeah, mom and my dad. You yeah,
1: know. and and that. I mean, but that's kind of what sparked this. 20 some odd years ago right. is you going and we mentioned this on the podcast before you going into I think it was Mr. Cheapos and mm-hmm. you picked up Live at the Quick I think it was or it was one of those it I was, was the Live more, at the Wetlands from wi- li- thank you yeah, so live, the Robert live, yes me. Live at the Wetlands okay so you picked that up and you're like you need to listen to it and this we met up and I listened to it with yep. you yep. Uh, whether we were driving or whatever but mm-hmm. like you know that whole thing is it's not being done anymore right and and we isolate ourselves into this world of our choices of music and no one around you knows what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. And not that that's a bad thing. No. But it may change how we look at the everyday. And, and that like one hand clapping, one side relationship never works. We're talking about music, but this works across the board.
0: Right. And I think that's one of the big problems with what's going on in the world today is that we're, we're thinking about ourselves too much. We don't think about you know um, what other people are doing. And one of the things that we've talked about is, you know, we're going to share not only Victor's music through this, but there's a there's a great um, inter- not interview. It's a, a commencement speech that he gave, and he talks about being selfish, and he says that it's okay to be selfish as long as you take others into into account. You know, it's it's okay to think for yourself, but it, 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 as long as that makes other people better too. He says it much better than I did, but
1: but it's it's the it's the constant. Working on yourself to show yourself that you are good, right. you are you're good at what you do, um, that you're good, whatever it is, you're a good person, mm-hmm. you're a good friend, you're a good family, good whatever you want to say, but you're bringing other people along with you when you do that, right? And 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 that's what a lot of this is about, and it's just the way he goes about it in the book is so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think he says, whether it's true or not, just listen, just read it. Yeah. Because you, you don't, if you try to figure out what's really happening, you're never going to get what you want out of the book. Right. Or what he wants you to get out of the book. Right, right.
0: Yeah. And because the, there's, there's a lot of stuff in here that's just kind of weird um, and not possible, but at the same time possible. It's kind of weird. Yes. You know, and and you'll, you'll understand more about that as we go along. But um, let's move on to the first chapter, because um, that's where this. This wacko Michael finally shows up. And, you know, it, 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 everything, what you'll realize about Michael, and, and Victor says this a lot, um, he is never not teaching. He's always teaching you something. You know, and even the first time he shows up, you know, Victor says, how did you get into my apartment? You know, you don't have a key. And he says, I don't need a key. And he turns that into a lesson about, you know, when Victor tries to play with him. That you know Victor couldn't do it and he goes, well, why can't you do because I don't know the key it's it links all to this. it's just kind of cool
1: well and and the and the thing is, is too is he doesn't do it as a chapter he calls this the first measure right and and a, as a musician, as you know, we play verse through measures mm-hmm. we thray, thray, play through measure one, play two we start at measure one we go to the end and the, you know and um <clears throat> What's beautiful about it is that, you know, the first measure is groove. This is what it's called. And Kyle made a point to let, uh, I totally forgot about it, that there are music notes at the beginning of each chapter yeah. that are related to the music lesson, which is an album that he put out. So it's, it's,
0: uh, it's a song. Well, the song, on, I should say. The yes. song is called The Lesson, and it's in the, the album Palm Mystery. Right. But it's it's a, every every measure is a measure of that, that piece song, of music. right. right. So it starts out, you know, with, with that little groove, which is
1: awesome. It just,
0: everything is done so thoughtfully through this
1: whole right, thing. Right. So I don't know where you want, how you want to go about doing this. Cause no, 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 no. Because I, I don't either. So I've kind of figured out as I go along. No, no, no. And uh, so I took, I took different pieces out. And mm-hmm. I think for me, the things that I started taking out hit when Michael entered the storyline. Yeah. Um, And one of the first things I picked out was on page 16 of the book, Mm -hmm. he says, um, you know, Victor's asking him, are you the teacher? And he said, "Um, I'm not, basically. He said, I'm not. And the one that he's, he says he's the teacher of nothing. That's what he is. And it stands out. He goes, I teach nothing because there's nothing to be taught. You already know everything you need to know, but you asked me to come. So here I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting because what do we know? Right. So he's saying we already have a prenotion of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The knowledge is being given to us. Yeah. We just haven't gotten to the point of being able to um, bring it together and put it out in front of us. Right. And then I'll add this one. And then you, he, he goes at the bottom of the, uh, that page. He goes... You could only teach yourself until we live in a day where I can physically implant knowledge into your brain. I can teach you nothing. I can only show you things. Right. And I think that's a huge thing. And this comes from, you know, me going to school to become an educator. Mm -hmm. I never looked at teaching as teaching. Right. I looked at showing Mm -hmm. because the students never going to learn anything if I'm just telling them how to do it. Exactly. I need to show them how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stood out to me in this whole thing. So that like, that was the prompt that start the whole thing for me. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm totally with this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to teach you. I want to show you how to do it. That doesn't make me a teacher. Right. That just shows me somebody who's willing to pass on the knowledge to you. Right. So you can learn how to do it yourself. And for me,
0: when I, when I first read this book, it, it made sense to me, but I took it this way. When I, because I, I've done a lot of teaching, I've had hundreds of students probably at this point in my career, but I, I learned that what I'm really doing is teaching the kids how to teach themselves. So I'm essentially teaching them to exactly, be taught, you know, so I, I, I would show them, I would guide them to the right response. You know, I, I do it with my dogs too, you know, I train them in a certain way and I, I always tell when I'm working with dogs, I always say, don't set your dogs up for failure. Set them up for success. But you can still challenge them at the same time. So like we were just talking before about, you know, when when we're eating our lunch, you know, when I eat my dinner, I sit on the floor with my food on the floor. My dogs don't bother me. You know, and it's just one of the things that I did a long time ago is I would just put food on the floor. And like, it's not yours to touch until I tell you you can touch it. So I give them the opportunity to succeed but I challenged him at the same time. And I think that's what teaching is all about. And that's what
1: Michael does. I think throughout this entire journey, absolutely. There's never a point where you feel like he's just drilling information into Victor. Mm -hmm. He's guiding Victor to find what he already knows. Right. And just to see it differently. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Do you have anything that comes up after that? I do in the, around the same area. Yep. Right around the same area. Nice. Um,
0: and this is this is a, an interesting one, and it's one that I've thought a lot about. Where he talks about the word music. Nice. Go. <laughs> so, so was... your your first two were exactly my first two. Okay. I guess my my third one is it's is exactly your exactly perfect. So, um, what he says, he says "mu" um, is an ancient word for mother, and "sic" is an abbreviation for the word science. So you put it together, music is the mother of all sciences. Which I think is really interesting because if you think about it. There's so much that, you know, that if you think about the way music works, like it really does encompass, you know, physics and mathematics and, you know, reading. And it takes everything into one, I think. You know, because like if you think about, like, for instance, the trumpet or the French horn, for, for example, mathematically, the way that works, is that tubing has to be a certain length for that instrument to sound right, right? A guitar, when you when you shorten the string, by Exactly half, it's an octave, right? If you cut the, the vibrations of a note from 440, 440 to 220, it's an octave down. That's all math and science, right. like you know. So it's all there, which I think is really kind of interesting.
1: And because that, you know, that's the, the vibrations, like you said, the, the mm-hmm. weird tuning 440 means that something's vibrating a 440 whatever per vibrations specific, per second, yeah, per minute. So it's just that thing. And and that's the whole idea is that it's not even um, you can feel that vibration. Yeah. So whether you hear it or not, you could feel that. It's just like the wind. Mm-hmm. You could hear the wind. But when you go out there, you're going to feel it as well. Right. And and that's that's the thing. So, yeah, that's definitely one that, that kind of uh, popped out at me as well. So and,
0: and later on I, I, in this chapter, I think it's this chapter anyway, um, they talk about how things that that. Start vibrating, never stop vibrating? Yes. And I I love that because it's, he even says that thoughts are vibrations. So everything that we do is a vibration. And I think Victor brings it up in his, in his commencement speech. We're going to have to link that to this episode. But he says, if everything that we do is a vibration and everything we say is a vibration and it never stops vibrating, think about the vibrations that you're putting out into the world and are they worth putting out into the world? Right,
1: exactly. So... And that you know that's that's a life lesson there. Yeah. Like, are you putting out in the world what you want to put out in the world? Right. Because it's going to be a constant. Yep. It's going to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, now I go into the next page. Do you? Yeah. Um, where are you go into? I know that music is inside of me and not the instrument. I. Hold on a second.
0: I, I figured... got one that you did. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> I have. I have. I have at the top of the page. I play music, not instrument. Okay. What I and then the other thing I want to, I because you're because we we see it the the listeners don't. When you read the book, you're going to notice that whenever Michael talks about music, it's a capitalized yep. M. Mm-hmm. It's personified. And
0: isn't isn't it italicized as well?
1: Uh, not in everything. Okay. But it's definitely it's a capitalized M. It's personified. He is definitely mm-hmm. giving it a a a, a trait. Yeah. Um, and and that that is a key thing. I, to this I think what it,
0: I mean, the way I see, because because they refer to mu- to music as a female, I mean, music is her name, so it is the name. That's why it's capitalized. Right, right. That's well, they
1: I, don't talk about that as much in this one as they do more in the spirit of music.
0: That's true, but I no no no. It, but you're absolutely right. It does right. say it somewhere here. I know. Yeah it, yeah then, yeah.
1: But know. they go they elaborate more in the second book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, totally and, and
0: even at the last the last chapter of the book, they elaborate into it as well.
1: So. Yeah. So uh, that. So yes. Go ahead. Continue what you were saying because I'm around that same thing. Um, What was I saying? You were talking about. Oh, right. And (laughs) and
0: I think I think more so the next um, thing where he's talking about about the way the way music works for Michael is, and I agree totally because I'm I'm a multi instrumentalist, um, but he says that that when you're when you're working with music, the instrument doesn't matter. You know, if you were to go up to someone, uh, you know, a, a novelist or someone who writes books or screenplays, like, would you ask them, oh, well, what kind of a pen did you use to write this? No, because it's not about the instrument that, that you're using to tell the story. Music's the same thing, you know, and so many people look at, and, and I do it too, you know, you look at, wow, you know, like, you can play the piano, like, that's really hard. It's like, yeah, well, you can write with a pen, like right you know and i'm struggling and, and we you know we, we brought this up in prior episodes like the, the guitar for me there's there's some sort of a block there i don't know what it is I, it just doesn't sit right but i picked up a harmonica a couple months ago i was playing it first day like, right. no problem right. trumpet was the same way trombone was the same way it was it just came second nature to me you know i understood once i understood the french horn how that worked Everything else brass wise fell into place.
1: Right. And that's like me with Woodwinds. Like right. they all made sense. Their yeah. fingering may be a little bit different, but once right. you get the fingering, you're good to go. Yeah. And I and I totally I, I feel that. That's why you have a lot of brass players that play all the brass, a lot of woodwind players that play all the woodwind. Mm-hmm. And then you have your percussionists that are multi talented because of the fact that their hand eye coordination is ridiculous because they play they play the drums. And mm-hmm. the same thing with pianists and all that yep. stuff. And um which which brings me down to, I don't know if you have more to talk on that, but there's, but there's one thing that I thought came about when he talks about his problem.
0: Go for it, because I don't think I have it.
1: So at the bottom of page 19, which is after this conversation of I can play any instrument, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, and he goes, your problem is this. And I think this is very interesting because this was said to me about the saxophone. mm mm-hmm. He said, you have been trying to tell your story with, with a bass guitar instead of through it. Mm. And when I was learning saxophone, I was so hung up on technique. Right. I don't think I have a great technique when it comes to playing saxophone. I've been mm. told by people I play very well. I don't think I do. That goes back to you know how you feel and put yourself out there and the whole good and all that stuff. Right. But my, because I was his singer, and at the time that I was learning saxophone, my teacher knew this, he said, sing through the horn." Which completely changed my mindset when mm-hmm. playing saxophone. I right. never played saxophone after that. I sang through it. Yeah. And and you know, I'm not saying I'm the most amazing singer in the world, but singers my spot. And if mm-hmm. I take that process, me singing, because it's the most comfortable thing for me because I feel so good with it and, right. and, and all that stuff, and I take that and bring that to the other instruments, I actually feel more comfortable with the instruments. Gotcha. You know? So that, that one kind of stood out on that part.
0: That's interesting. I remember when we when we saw Joe Bonamassa together. You know, one of the things you said to me on the way home was he was singing through the guitar.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. He totally was. And and that was before we read the book. Yep. And it, and was, it was before the book even came, it came out. Came out. I. You know. And that's why this chat like this the first chapter hit home because I'm sitting like, I went through all this. Yep. Like this is the same stuff I went through. I was going through it in high school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm going it again now when yeah. I'm twenty something odd years later, right. more than that, because I feel like it's hundred years ago. <laughs> and it's true. He was singing through the guitar. Yeah. He wasn't playing guitar. No. That guitar was singing. Yeah. All he was doing was helping it sing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep.
0: And I think I think part of the the whole technique thing is and and they do talk about this. There is a, a whole chapter on technique, so I don't want to get into it too much. But um, you have to kind of understand the technique enough to not make it a hindrance, um, and to get out of the way of the technique. Essentially,
1: it's like being a painter. Right. You're gonna okay. I'm gonna actually use a better example. I when we were in college and prior before you got into the college, mm-hmm. I was I. And I'm sure you did, too. You can take a test to test out a theory, which yeah. they talk about music theory. So this is unrelated. but mm-hmm. So I took the test. I passed through the first four semesters right. because of my background and what I had with school. And I still turned around and said, I'm going to start from theory one. They're like, why? I said, well, a couple of reasons. I may have missed something. Right. And two, I can get a couple of easy A's and make some of my the semesters a little bit easier for mm-hmm. me. So I'm going through this whole entire process. I'm in the third semester. And I'm just like... They're teaching you the laws or the rules of music, which right. we're going to talk about as in other chapters. Yep. And she kept saying, "Well, you can break the laws afterwards." Mm-hmm. This is a conversation I had with professor, and it's the same thing with playing. Yeah, like you are going to learn a technique, but eventually you are going to come into your own, right. and you are going to have a different technique. Yeah, you'll still have that foundation there, but you are going to find different ways of doing things. I was we I, um, we didn't we shared this on the live on the live show. I saw Big Bad Voodoo Daddy in concert. Mm-hmm. right big bad voodoo daddy in concert watching the saxophone a saxophonist went from a saxophone uh to a clarinet to a soprano sax to a tenor i think he even played one brass instrument at one point and there was a point where he was playing something on the tenor sax and i was watching his right hand which is typically on the low end of the sax and he would come around and he'd hook it behind the horn on the top and mm-hmm. he'd flip a key and he'd go back down so it's when he was doing a trill or something, right. he brought his right hand up and, you know, and brought it back down. Yep. No one else was, I was paying attention as a saxophone. was going, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a cool technique. Yeah. No one taught him that. Yeah. He probably was like, how am I going to do this <laughs> to really make it sound right? You yep. know? So, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I have more, but you go first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a question that I have asked. And it's, it's part of our, you know, interview process is music a language? And I think, Ooh. I mean, the I have not met a musician yet who says no.
1: I, music is totally a language. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think one of the reasons that, and Victor says this too, it's, you know, one of the reasons that we don't have a lot of, I don't One of the reasons music is so difficult, difficult for people is they don't treat it as a language. They try to learn it as something that's completely different. If no. you think about the way you learned English, you know, you learned it from probably your parents mostly, just listening to them. But what happens the first time you go into a, a music lesson? First thing you do is try to read notes. Right. You know, you don't listen. You don't try to play along with something by your ear, you know.
1: And, but it's true. I mean, yes, you're reading notes, but you're reading notes. Yep. And if you go to any country, you can talk to somebody through music. Yeah. Even if you're playing something that's different than they would be playing, mm-hmm. you still can make it work. Yep, absolutely. It's a conversation that you can have. Yep. No matter what. Yep. And that and that's the the I, I I agree. I don't think any musician will say it's not a language. Yeah.
0: And I mean, you can. I mean, if you really think about it, if you think about it this way, music has seven letters. We actually have twelve, but there are, there are twelve different notes. English has twenty six letters, so there's a comparison there. And then you have, um, you take those letters, you put them into words in English. We call them chords in music. We take those chords, we put them into phrases. In English, we call it sentences. We take those sentences, we tell a story with it. Tell a piece of music. It's it's, it's all a story. Um, The interesting thing to think about, if you think about it this way, if English has 26 26 letters and music only has 12, shouldn't
1: music be half as easy as English? That's not in the book. Stop thinking so hard. (laughs) No, but that's actually a good question. Wouldn't it be easier? Yeah. I think the... And it, and think about it this way. So I'm going to take that one more step further. Mm-hmm. We have words that have variations on themselves. Right. Read and read. Mm-hmm. Spelled the exact same way. Yeah. But depending upon the context of the sentence, yep. one's going to be read as read, and one's yep. going to be read as read. Two, two, and two. Right. Two, two, and two. And unless Six. you're... <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. But it's true. If you don't know the context... Of the sentence, you don't know how to read that word. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me I'm going to the market, I know what that is because you because I know what the word to is in that sentence. Yep. But I don't know how I'm reading the word read or read until I hear that I see the sentence in the con. It's the same thing with music. Yeah. You know, we we read the music because we're taught to read the music. And I'm using the right. word taught there on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not until we stop being taught how to read the music that we actually play the music. Right. Yeah, that was a little philosophical right there. <laughs> Made that happen. So you you skip to the language thing. I just want to bring it back a yeah, little bit. go for it. There's one thing I want to bring it back to. So on page 21 in the book, um, he states, uh, Victor states that he was uh, upset about an outburst that he had. Um, And he said something to, I don't know. I guess no one ever taught me music this way before. Mm-hmm. And Michael's response was, therein lies your first problem. Victor goes, problem? What do you mean by that? And he goes, you still think you could be taught. Right. And I love that because that goes back to what we were saying. We aren't teaching. Right. We are storytellers. Mm-hmm. Every teacher is a storyteller. Yep. The way the teachers teach are telling stories because we want those stories to pass on to the next group, to the next group, to the next group. That's how stories were passed on in the past before they started writing. Yeah. So, as a teacher, you're showing your student how to f- solve the problem, mm-hmm. how to um, get to the next step, yep. um, and all that stuff. And that's what makes a teacher a teacher because you are give you're empowering them right. to say, "I got this." Yeah. But you're also empowering them to say, I got this. What can I do next? Like asking the right questions. Because Mm -hmm. if they don't ask the right questions moving forward, they're going to struggle moving forward. Yeah. And that's the other thing. We're never taught to ask the right questions. Right. We're just, yeah, you can ask that question, but is it really the right question?
0: Right, right. And what's interesting that you bring that up, you know, you say that all teachers are storytellers. Like this book is a story that's teaching you how to learn, you know, essentially.
1: Right. So. And this is not like, you know, this and these are all te- I say this about all teachers. This is no matter what you teach, when you have an enthusiastic math teacher, mm-hmm. they're not teaching you math. Right. They're teaching you the story of math. Right. And because they're teaching you the story of math, you are so much more in, in, in and yeah. in, um, uh, you're you're even more encouraged to to try it. And you're more engaged to do it because yep. of the fact that there's enthusiasm behind it. Right. When you have someone standing in front of you, I don't care what grade level you are, that's like, okay, one plus one is two. All right, that's great. Now we're... You're not going to listen to that. Right. And it, it makes it boring. Yeah. You know, I had, I had a great math teacher in, I was like ninth or tenth grade. I forget what grade it was. I had a first period. This is the last thing I wanted to do was math in the morning. <laughs> he kept me engaged all the time. Yeah. Because of the way he taught, the way he spoke, the way he was as a person. And he brought that out in everything that he did in the classroom. And I'll tell you one funny story to that because it leads to, it it talks about, I was in theater at the time. And at the time we were, it was getting to like tech week. So we were there like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And I came in one day, I was so tired. And he knew I had the tech thing. And one of the things he used to do in the classroom, which I thought was hysterical, was he would bounce the ball, a tennis ball on your desk to wake you up. So he'll stand and he'll bounce it. And it would wake you up. Mm-hmm. So I, I was nodding out and he tosses the ball, but it goes a little bit past me. Mm-hmm. So as I'm nodding out, I put my hand up and I catch the ball <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, oh, okay, I guess you're awake. <laughs> and guess was. But the thing is, is I never got yelled at. Mm-hmm. He knew every student, what they were doing and what they had to do. And everyone was always engaged because of the way he told his story through math. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. Um, but continuing on with your... Music as a language? Music as a language. One of, I didn't highlight it. I don't know why I
0: didn't highlight it, but I was going over it this morning. Um, there was a, a <laughs> Michael says to, to Victor, why is it that when I ask you a verbal question, your answer is immediate and direct? But when I ask you this, and he starts to play a little thing on the, on the guitar, you don't seem to know how to answer. Don't you know this song? I mean, right there he talks about... And, and if you go back to a couple of months ago where I posted the, the music is a language video from our, from my Twitch live stream. You know, I, 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 showed how there are different songs that have these conversations and they go back and forth, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I don't think we do enough. There's, there's so much that we can do musically that asks a question. There's, there are ways to respond. You know, I can influence people. And I do it all the time. You know, I play, I can play one chord and get you to say, I've done this to the choir. I play a chord. All right. send the next note, and they know the next note exactly. How do they know that? Sorry. I snapped and Lewis, Lewis hates it when I snap and I snapped him.
1: Well, Lewis playing. being his dog, <laughs> just <so> you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Poor Lou. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, but yeah, I, I can play one chord and tell you to sing the next note. And more than likely, you'll play the next, sing the next note that I want you to sing. Um, so it just shows how you can certainly ask a question and get a response. But what you'll find is that it's not just notes. Like I can play something a certain way and influence your dynamics and your articulation and all this sort of stuff, how you breathe. Like there are ways to do that once you understand how music is a language and how to use it.
1: Right. And you were talking about how we learn the language and how we're not just learning it. We're listening at first. Yeah. And that's where he brings up jamming Mm -hmm. and how when we were sitting around with adults as kids – We were jamming with them because they were speakers already. And we were just listening to what they were saying. So one of the things Michael brings up in in here is why don't we let beginner musicians play with professionals? Mm -hmm. Because if they started jamming at such a young age and not thinking about the theory of the music or learning how to read the music, they're going to understand it better. We didn't learn english and how to speak by reading books and going to a classroom Mm -hmm. we learned it from hearing people speak and some people got caught it quicker some people took it a little longer and i say the ones that were taking a little longer was just because they were still trying to take it all in yeah and there's nothing wrong with that so you know what it doesn't mean everybody's gonna learn at the same pace but you have the opportunity to be with somebody that's like i got this Mm -hmm. listen you know listen to me and that was the thing that i think because it came naturally it was a natural thing
0: and looking back you know, just thinking back to my my first piano lessons, I remember my piano teacher playing duets with me like second third week, and not just like repeating what I was playing, like actually playing a piano part underneath me while I was playing.
1: That's awesome. So, I I my teacher was a little old school when it came to the saxophone, but he handled it in such a an amazing way that I never felt discouraged. Mm-hmm. So, every technique is different, um, but I think it needs to change a little bit because. We are changing, yeah, and 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 how we do things are changing, and especially the kids nowadays are changing how they take in information, mm-hmm. and and that's something that, um, I kind of got out of this. It's it's my my thoughts after reading like even through this first chapter is you know if we change the way we teach, we change the way we learn. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Yeah, and it's not that we're not teachers; it's just that we're going ourselves. Like I said before, we need to show. Mm-hmm. Everything's about show right? When I, when I, there have been many a times at work where I take it out, where I have to, or not that I have to take time. But someone's asked me, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. I can go ahead and do it. And there's some times that maybe it's quicker for me to just go ahead and do it because maybe there's a time crunch. But if I know that there's time to do it, I show them. There was the other, the other day, someone was like, I was like, oh, you need to do this. She goes, can you show me how to do that? And I, I and then we got to the desk and she's like, why don't you just do it? For I'm like, no, no, I'll show you how to do it. I mm-hmm. want you to get comfortable. And if you don't need, you know, i sure again in the future, let me know. And yeah. I took the time, guided her through the process, you know, um, and, and took this opportunity to say, okay, click on that and took them like, give, they gave them a moment to click on it. And it was, it, it's amazing how p- people respond to that because mm-hmm. I'm not telling them they're, oh, you're ignorant. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to do it. Right. So for me to get upset with you for not knowing how to do it, that's mm-hmm. on me. Yeah. Right. And and that doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. It's just that there are other things that you're better at and you just don't have to worry about this right now. Yeah. This happened to come into play. Right. Now you need to know how to do it. Great. I'm going to show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And keyword I never say teach, show. Yeah. I don't I I try I mean and I went to school for teaching. So mm-hmm. it's not like I you right. know like right. a, it's not like I don't see teachers I see teachers as amazing people. Mm-hmm. And the the more amazing teachers are the ones that show. Yep, and it keeps going back to this whole thing, so I, I I think this that's why this book I think is so great for for not just musicians. Yep, and uh and I love when they get into the whole Miles Davis thing. Yeah, which is basically um, Victor is you know trying to get Victor to not think right. and just play, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's very cool. Yeah, and that leads into what. You have more, don't you? I do have more. Do you have more? Go ahead. Go, you. I've been talking. Uh, where was I?
0: Yeah, yeah. I did all that. I did all that.
1: We're leaving the page turns in just for the... <laughs> We're analog. Analog. <laughs> um. Kyle Red took notes on his computer... I read it, took handwritten notes while I using have, the audiobook. I have notes in here too. No, I know. He has notes in his book, but I read mine and I, then I listened to it on audiobook and then I had the book and the audiobook and I took notes at the same time. <laughs> um, one of the
0: things that, because I've done this with my kids, um, Michael says, No, you should find the groove before you start playing. It doesn't matter what you know, whether you know the song or not. You need to know, essentially, you need to know the groove of the song and feel the groove. Um, I, there have been so many times where I've been trying to work with a kid, you know, and they just sit down, they start playing it, and they, you know they fumble the beginning. And I go, all right, wait, like, take a breath before you start, like, and then hear it in your head first. It's almost like a meditation, almost. Like, imagine yourself doing it perfectly right away and then go do right. it. Right. You know, and so it, you uh, have a
1: frame of reference. Right, and we talked about this in the car earlier where, you know, you can't just play without the groove and right. now when you hear the word groove you automatically think it's like jazz yeah. the groove works across the board it does we're both classically trained musicians mm-hmm. right i went for opera and classical music uh classical singing kyle had played piano played classical on the french horn and the yep. piano and he sang as well and at no point did i feel that there wasn't a groove yeah Like there was a groove to everything. I don't Mm -hmm. care if I was singing an operatic uh, aria, if I was singing a classical piece, there was a groove to it. There was something I had to get into or a mindset in order for me to sing the song. And that was one thing that was very big for me. I had to understand if the song was in a foreign language, I had to translate it. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't translate it and I knew how to read the foreign language, if I found out, if I saw the subtle words in there. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me rephrase that. There were some languages that I didn't have to translate to know what it meant. Right. Because you could tell by the way the song was written and do it. And, and then when you hear the piece play and you get, once you find that groove, you can make it work. Yeah. And I did that with some, with some songs before I even learned the songs, I just tried it out and, you know, I, I may have butchered the language a little bit, mm-hmm. but I figured it out. Right. You know, I mean, Italian songs for me are a little bit easier. I understand the language, mm-hmm. but like whenever I sang French hate that language (laughs) i i I don't say i say that with love just because i cannot do the language justice right but even with that language with the pieces and the way they were written even if i couldn't translate it or really get the word out i still kind of was able to get the feeling out right because you find the groove to it
0: right and i think another great example we've we've played the group polyphia before yes you know and for those don't know polyphia polyphia is a group that they identify as a genre called math rock, which is odd time signatures that change usually every measure. And you think about groove as being the same thing over and over and over and over again one, two, three, four, one, two, you know. But polyphia is not that. It is anything but that. But there is still a groove. You can still, you know, bob your head, and there's still stuff there that is a groove.
1: It's going to come together. It's like salad. Yeah. yeah. You can take you got to start with the with the greens, yep. but you're going to throw whatever you want in there and make that right. thing tasty. See, I don't I wouldn't go with salad. What's still? Fried rice. Fried r- Fried rice.
0: <laughs> you start with your base of cold day old white rice <laughs> and you throw whatever you or a stir fry. A stir- Why <laughs> would you go with with rabbit because, food? Because you can put bacon on a salad. Yeah, but there's and too eggs. much
1: green nonsense <laughs> in it. <laughs> after but, this weekend I will teach you that you do not need green stuff but it's very true it's 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 that same concept of like, even when you're cooking yeah except for baking baking's a little harder but when you're cooking you could change it up yeah like you're following a recipe but you may say hey I want to throw a pinch in that a yeah. pinch of that and that's just the groove that's what you're feeling mm-hmm. at that moment
0: yeah it's like when I was making the hamburgers yesterday I, you said why didn't you put the seasoning in the burger why'd you put it just on the outside? That's just the way I do it. I don't know.
1: Why are you asking me questions? Did it taste good? So I I think that that relate the groove relates to anything. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, you know if you're gonna write, you need to get into a mode, into a feeling of what you're gonna write. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna sit down. You know, have happy go lucky music on in the background, beautiful sky, beautiful, and you're gonna write a horror movie. Right, like it's just not gonna happen. I mean. If you do, that's beautiful. That's fantastic. Wasn't there a movie, was it Vanilla Sky that was like that? Yeah. But I'm just saying like like you, you're going to put yourself in that groove. So even if it's the brightest room in the ro- house, right. you're still going to put yourself in a groove mm-hmm. to write that horror movie. Yep. Like Stephen King. Yep. He doesn't shut his lights off because he scares himself. That's right. But that doesn't mean he's not writing scary stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it, the groove is is it's such a cool concept to yeah. take everything else.
0: And I think the end of the chapter, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want me to close with? How they close the
1: chapter. Um I think the only the only thing that he says that's related to groove, and I don't know if this is what you're going with it. Uh he says, and I love this, never lose the groove in order to find a note. Yep. I don't know if you said that or I thought you said no, that. No, that was what that. I was I was just gonna say the exact okay. same well, thing. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take it No, on. no, it's fine.
0: Um yeah. So basically the, what what, he, what he's gonna go into in the next couple of chapters is you know, all the different aspects of music, they, there are 10 that they talk about, and there are probably more, but those are the 10 main ones, but none of them are so important that you lose the feel right. overall. So never think that a note is more important than the overall piece.
1: Right. Yeah. And then um, and then he just starts to talk about where they go into the next chapter, which yep. is... Next week's episode. Next week's episode. So and come then, back and listen to next week's episode. The, yes. <laughs> Should we should we share just a little tidbit? Yeah, yeah, go Where for it. Basically, they're going to talk about the elements of music. Yes, and just wonder what that is. Yep. Because I what I got out of it is music is elemental. Yep. I really did. Yep. It's it's it it's for me as a musician. These this book when I read it the first time just mm-hmm. took me completely different musical journey. Yep. But reading it now, lo- older and gone through what I've gone through and going through what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I'm reevaluating how I see things and how I process things, yeah. and and how I may approach a person, no matter what the situation may be. It, yep. There's a there's a lot to learn, and it's totally not a self help book. Mm-hmm. It's just what I'm taking out of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: And what I would do with my students is I would the ones that 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 have stayed with me a long time because I I made this book. A prerequisite to study with me at one point
1: i remember you telling me that yeah. yeah 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 but
0: before then when i had i had some students that were with me for several years so what i would do is i give them a quiz and i say all right time for a quiz we wrote one through ten give me the 10 give me 10 elements of music the best they ever did the one person did four which i think is scary but i also but at th- the
1: same time when i did it myself i got five because we don't <laughs> we don't think of it right, and and, and that, we don't teach it, and that's what we're gonna learn in the next yep. chapter and how they approach it. Yep. Um, but it's true, yep. and and they they you know there's an essence there, and they yep. talk about essence. Yep. Uh, but it's true we don't we don't think of it we're, because we're not taught to think of it that way. Yeah. We're taught to okay. Here's four, four, one, two, three, mm-hmm. four. This is the this is the C. This is the D. This yeah. is the E. This is how you play it on your instrument. Yeah. But you're not taught. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Right. What how what has this music look? Right. Can you can you tap it out? Mm-hmm. Can you sing it in your head? Right. What does it sound like to you? We now?
0: We, we focus on basically two things: notes and rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, there are very few teachers that will talk about articulation or your tone or i was watching a video the other day i've been getting trying to get my my trumpet chops back in in shape again and i was watching this one guy he says i have never had a teacher tell me where my tongue should be in my mouth i was like oh my goodness me neither (laughs) like where's where's my tongue like i remember when i was in, in choir you know my my choir director told me where my tongue should be you know but it's like when i'm playing
1: the trumpet i didn't know where it was I had no idea. And that's true, because on a on a woodwind instrument, you're pretty much keeping your tongue off the reed because the reed is vibration that's creating right. the sound. Right. Whereas you guys are pushing the air through this yep. small tiny mouthpiece <laughs> yeah. and, and it's producing the sound. Yeah,
0: and what you learn is that even though the trumpet is, I don't know,
1: was it nine feet long? I forget how many
0: feet it actually is, but like your mouth is part of that as well. And it's actually its own instrument essentially. So the distance between, like, your lips and the back of your throat is a pipe. Mm -hmm. And by cutting the air, either doubling the speed or cutting the distance the air has to travel, you play a higher note. So it's not about, you know, the pressure in your lips or how tight you can make them. It's how fast you make the air in the
1: back of your throat or how short the air has to travel. So you're saying that you're a tool. I am. I'm not in that (laughs) sense. (laughs) You're the tool that gets the instrument to play. And that tool whatever that instrument may be you could still play that instrument yep it's 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 such a weird thing to think about because mm-hmm. i never thought of myself as an instrumentalist that i can play different instruments yeah do i i play some but they're all related in some way right. like i still struggle on the piano mm-hmm. i the guitar is like a brick wall for me yeah it's you know me too. I don't and know what i don't know what that block is but and i'm hoping that like I, i'm trying to reapproach things and trying to like release my mindset that i can't do it yeah you know and as an adult uh, at our age not that we're old but it's a little bit different yeah because you because you don't want to take a couple of months to get you want to be like i should know this yeah
0: that and <laughs> <laughs>
1: poor Lewis. we
0: keep snapping our fingers <laughs> in um but in, in, in the technique episode you know there's michael and victor talk about michael says what technique do you want to learn He okay, so i want to use learn how to use my thumb as a pick well, Guitars have been doing that for years Why, Like <laughs> how come you can't do this What's wrong with you You know So it's like the same thing Like like there are people out there Like I've got friends Who can't read music at all Who've never taken a music lesson in their life. They can play the guitar all day long Right I've studied music for 30 years Maybe longer 40 probably And I can't I can play a G chord Like
1: <laughs> that's about it Well if you think about it If we started fourth grade We've been reading music Since eight years old
0: Right And and studies have shown That kids learn
1: languages Faster than adults so Kino. why not teach the music? Even the language. Like my son is six years old. Right. I'm getting to the point where I, he's so into music that I'm ready to start teaching him. Mm-hmm. And I even asked my wife, I said, what do you think of me teaching him music now? She goes, I think that's a great idea. I don't care if it's just saying C-D-E-F-G on the piano.
0: I'm going to stop you right there. Why? Because you said the T word. Teach.
1: Yep. Did I say teach? You I did, did say teach. Show him. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. I appreciate that. I do. I want to show him how I want to show <laughs> yep. him music. Yep. I want to show him music at a different capacity of what it is. Yep. Which is just throwing on Cyndi Lauper on his on his iPad, which I love. Yep. Which I freaking yep. love. And I love the fact that he sings to it and he dances to it, but I want to show him how she got there. Yeah. That's what I want to show him. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I meant to say show. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate the correction. You're welcome. The one time I'll appreciate a correction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're in a good spot yeah, yeah. to
0: stop and get ready for next week. So, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, who's reading out the uh, outro? Have, not me, because uh, I don't have it up. Do you have uh, it? Up? I guess I'm going to have to read it out. All right. Good. All right. All right. So we'll read out the outro, and you guys have a great week. Yep. Uh, remember Sunday at 7:30 p.m. We go live on Twitch. Yep. Friday at 8 p.m. Kyle yep. goes live. I do not get to join them on that evening just because of prior commitments. Um, and then we'll, you know, follow our socials. Yep. It's all in the closing that I'll be doing. Yeah. Ready, set, go. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the turn on the music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you would like to continue the conversation, join us on our discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, Head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music.